0: How will I see the demon nose, please? How will I stop until they know me? How much you want to listen closely before I'm motherfucking proceed? Yeah, when you're running on the road team, and they're complaining with their road teams. Happy Sunday, fun day, everybody. I am so happy to see the only. Tribal Chief that I'll ever acknowledge in pro wrestling right here. My guy, yep. Roman of Wrestling with Roman. Hello. How are you? What's going on? What's new and exciting?
1: I'm doing great. Uh, say thank you for having me on. This is this is my first uh, appearance on any type of podcast stuff. I'm trying to dip my toes in this sort of thing. And uh, I thought this would be a great one to come on because I started to like a lot of your content. Thank uh, you you said you were a fan of mine. I've been a fan of yours. I like a lot of your opinions and stuff. So it Thank works you. out that we've been able to do this. Uh, but anyways, if you don't know me, uh, my name is Roman from wrestling with Roman. You can follow me. I'm pretty much, uh, TikTok and Instagram are my main things, but I'm starting to, uh, do some videos for Instagram or not Instagram, YouTube as well. And so if you want to subscribe and kind of see what happens there, hopefully I'll be making some more long form videos on that. But, nice. um, a lot of the things where I got started um, on TikTok, we talked about it before we uh, got live here. Uh, he was kind of asking me like how I got going and what, what made me want to do this. Uh, I started as just a fan like anybody else. And then um, I was making little little silly videos at first. And then I started getting a little more serious giving my opinions. And then next thing you know, it, a few videos take off and then you you get a few followers. And uh, you know, the rest is history, I guess. Uh, yeah. Still growing, still trying to make it to the big leagues or whatever, but I appreciate it. I've at least made it into Dylan's top number one of the Tribal Chiefs, so I appreciate that.
0: Only sure. one, the only one you got to have to fight yeah. for, of course, is MJF. He is the well, only I... professional wrestling champion, in my opinion, that's better than the rest. But I am so happy to have you here, buddy. I Like I said to you before uh, off-air, I've been a fan of yours. I've been watching you for a little bit and everything. I like a lot of the takes that you have. Plus I like a lot of the actual just content that you make, like a couple of the videos recently where you were making the he's back uh, videos and jamming out in the car and stuff like that. I really been really liking all of that great stuff. So like he said, make sure you go ahead and follow him on TikTok. You have to send me your Instagram and YouTube. So that way I can leave it for everybody in the description below as well. And uh, also for all the audio listeners out there on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. but my guy, it is Sunday Fun Day. I know a lot of fans, besides pro wrestling fans, are watching football. So happy oh, football yeah. Sunday to everybody! But we're here to talk about wrestling—the only sport that matters to us. That we'll dress up in the same T-shirts like we're wearing yeah. right now, what, as well as the big Eddie Guerrero lovers. Yeah. yeah, man, it's it's so funny that we dressed up with Eddie Guerrero both on our shirts. It's uh, the minds, the good—you know—good oh, yeah. minds think alike. I mean, you got to have one of the goats. Yeah, yeah. man, absolutely, 100%. I totally agree with you with that. But we have a lot to talk about here. Of course, WWE's been popping off. We had the return of CM Punk, Pepsi Phil, Manchild Phil, whatever name you want to call him this week. And then, of course, we had NXT Deadline yesterday, plus a whole bunch of Rumble rumblings, really, of who could be in the Rumble, who could be the Final Four of the Rumble, Rhea Ripley's, Titles starting to be talked about. And then, of course, on the AEW side, we have that G1 classic that's been happening. That now both the blue and the gold team are standing at 24 pop, each equaling out right now. We have a couple of eliminations. And then, of course, we have a whole bunch more AEW stuff to talk about. So let's get right into it, buddy. Let's get right into the WWE stuff. Let's get into the fun stuff of it all. Oh, yeah. Pepsi Phil, he came out at Survivor Series. You probably have seen that TikTok video I made of me not being happy about him, and of course, uh, you know, that definitely had a lot of uh, stirrings of uh, displeasement from a lot of other people. If you look at all the comments that I've got because of it, I enjoy them all, but nonetheless, he did come out on Raw, and he made his little promo, then he came out on SmackDown as of this past Friday, and now, tomorrow, as we're doing this live, he is going to be making his decision if he's going to be a ride or die for Raw, or is he going to take it back to the roots of where it all started for him on SmackDown, Friday Night SmackDown. So I want to hear from you. What do you think, of course, of the return? And do you think it's an easy choice for him to pick Raw, or do you think he's going to go back home to where it really all started for him,
1: which is Friday Night SmackDown? Well, first of all, I'll be the first person to admit I didn't think he was coming back. Okay. And um, I I feel like I I held my stance for a while um, when the rumors of him coming back where I said not necessarily that I don't care, but I just like, well, let's just see. Let's wait and see if he shows up. I'm not getting my hopes up. I'm not just gonna, you know, bash anybody who likes him. Uh, I was a pretty big fan of his back in the day. And then when he, the way he left WWE kind of left me with mixed feelings. And then he joined AEW and I was excited for him. I was seeing what's he going to do. And then you had all the stuff happen with him at AEW. And it just, you just don't know, like, what's true, what's not true. Like, is he not a great guy to be around? But then a lot of people say, like he said, in the back, in backstage, everybody loves him, except for a few people, of course. But um, as far as him being Raw or SmackDown, I, I would say it would make more sense for him to be on Raw because uh, SmackDown just signed Randy Orton exclusively. But you never know. He he kind of went after everybody. So they, there's so many storylines that can be made from Punk's returning. Uh, the big storyline, a lot of people talking about him and Seth Rollins, obviously. But there's rumblings. I've heard him and Stone Cold could possibly be doing something down the road at WrestleMania or SummerSlam. And then uh, there's always the stuff with the tribal chief that you will not acknowledge. Um, I'll acknowledge him, but uh, he's on thin ice with me. Anyways... <laughs> Him, uh, CM Punk, saying, I'm the original Heyman guy. And so Roman's like the third or fourth or fifth or whatever you want to call him, Heyman guy. And so he's got some claim there, so I think there'll be some interesting interactions with him. But as far as where he's going to end up, I'd put money on Raw. Uh, That's probably where I think he ends up.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like it's a safe bet to say that he's going to be Raw, especially after his return to wwe being at the end the very end of survivor series after war games we all saw the very uh famous clip of seth rollins losing his mind to the fact that he's back and like how dare they bring him back and all this other craziness that kind of followed suit around that return and of course seth has gone publicly even recently About stating I don't want to waste my breath with this hypocrite. I don't even want to bother talking about him. There was a lot of personal things that him and Phil uh, are not on the same page about. And there's another reason for this hurt and discomfort of him bringing on the product that he then Went out onto other promotions like UFC and AEW and banished. We all know that very famous clip of him with MJF saying, Go ahead, go over, see if the grass is greener on the other side and be a part of a two for one special and never even be the main event at all. And now that circle, that video is starting to recirculate saying it hasn't aged well because now he is at that other pasture that greener pasture Mm -hmm. so Ross seems to be the where i think phil will most thrive on because he has a lot of great competition not saying that smackdown isn't another good home it's just like you said randy's over there there's a good story being set up right now with jimmy and solo and randy and roman and paul already in the works phil and Seth could really have an amazing feud here, as well as him and Gunther, him and Brock. He can even be going up against people like Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, Gable, having matches against uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, right. even any of the Imperium tag team guys. So there's a lot more competition for him to start pushing and putting over on Raw compared to SmackDown, where I feel. SmackDown's almost a very story driven show compared to that three hour longer show mm-hmm. that Raw is. There's a lot more wrestling that's on Raw, but a lot of other promos and skits and stuff. But at the same time, that three hours needs to be booked maybe a little bit better. And maybe Phil could be that guy that oh, is definitely. that little special ingredient to figure out what Raw is going to be come 2024. But, of course, the other big question that comes of this is now, in that promo on Friday, he stated that, hey, I need to finish my story, and that's at WrestleMania 40. So is he going to be that final four? Is he going to be the final one at Royal Rumble this year coming up? What are your your thoughts on him seemingly putting himself in that men's Royal Rumble like Cody did and possibly being the victor to get that opportunity to main event WrestleMania.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, I I assumed that he would be doing something big at the Rumble. Um, I I thought maybe as soon as him and Seth Rollins at the Rumble, but it doesn't seem like that's going to manufacture quick enough because I mean, Royal Rumble is coming up pretty quick. I mean, (laughs) that's the next premium live event for the main roster. So right now, um, I do have him. He's probably at least going to be in the final four of the Rumble, because just the even if he doesn't win, just him being just so close to it, because he's never run won the Rumble and he's never main evented WrestleMania. That's a two and one shot right there if you win the Rumble. And so, as far as my final four, I'm sure, Cody Rhodes, CM Punk, uh, Gunther. And I know he's lost a lot of steam uh, with all these returns, but I'm still high on my guy L.A. Knight. Mm. Uh, he may not win the whole thing, but he he's he's at least needs to be near the end there. They got to keep him rolling. I, I'm afraid that he's somebody who's a rising star that might start to fade really fast because they are going to change directions with all these returns.
0: Mm. I, let's stick on let's stick on L.A. Knight because I think that brings up a very good topic as well to talk about briefly, you know, we've seen LA Knight become this brand new baby face, the, the very new toy of WWE. He's been on raw. He's been on SmackDown. Hell, he's been chanted even in NXT and new mm-hmm. Japan and impact and AEW even and yeah, pay-per-views in yeah. the indie shows as well. <laughs> and GCW HOG. So LA Knight's more over than anybody else could really say, but, Would you say, and this is the question for you, would you say that with all that has come of L.A. Knight, especially with the recent title opportunity that he had, that maybe, just maybe, that L.A. Knight fan train is slowly starting to derail and there might not be another opportunity for Knight for a title down the road, including 2024?
1: Oh, yeah, it, it kind of hurts my heart because I've been I, I started liking him when he was an NXT and they moved him to the main roster. And I thought, man, they've just ruined this guy. He had such a good thing when they they turned him in with the maximum male models and all that. And they finally let him be L.A. Knight again. Um, but I, I wouldn't say it's derailing, so to speak. But the hype train is slowing down mm. because CM Punk returned. Randy Orton's back. I think Randy Orton is gonna kind of be in that title picture at first, just just to kind of capitalize on that return. And then CM Punk is your main eventer no matter what. He's a main eventer no matter where he goes. And so LA Knight just may be a victim of circumstance. It's not that the fans don't love him or that he's not great in the ring, great on the mic. It's just that there's somebody who's been better for longer necessarily in the fans' eyes with a CM Punk coming back. Right. And do you think
0: that there's a possibility that maybe we see Punk and LA Knight in a singles competition or even just a little bit of action at 2024's Rumble? You know, especially since, like you said, you know, everybody loves Punk. Maybe not me, but everybody, majority of people out there are big fans of The Catalyst, the needle mover himself, Punk. And, you know, everybody are big fans of LA Knight. You know, having these two just even stare at each other in the Royal Rumble is going to get the fans in Tampa just so white hot. The noise is just going to electrify the millions and millions watching. So is there a possibility that maybe that little moment in the ring between the two of them – could be the start of a match and potential feud for him and LA Knight to maybe re-win a lot of the fans that he might be losing over?
1: Uh, that's a that's a great question with LA Knight and CM Punk at the Rumble, maybe a little moment or something. I would, I would like to see it. I'd like to see them just go at each other in a promo battle, you know, because uh, they're both quick with the words. They both know how to just really cut into you drop a pipe bomb as CM Punk would like to do. But the only problem I see with them doing anything is they're both major baby faces right now. I mean, CM Punk is given, given that little bit of tiny heel heat in some of his promos, but overall he, he's come back as a face. LA Knight's a big face. LA Knight could easily flip back to a heel. So could CM Punk, but I don't think they're going to flip them so soon. I would love to see them down the road. Honestly, I would i just like to see LA Knight on the TV, whatever he's doing anyway. Yeah. I, I've been an
0: LA Knight fan since that change from the maximum male models. I thought they were just butchering the hell out of the poor guy. Vaccine Dupree, even I mean, she's been getting probably one of the yeah. biggest pushes right now of her career, hanging out with Alpha Academy, having very good matches, mind you, in even tag team competition. Oh, yeah with the Creed Brothers' little partner in crime as well. So I I think that there's a big possibility here that LA Knight could regain a lot of maybe those lost fans back again, starting at Rumble and going into 2024. You know, there's always that talk and conversation of the Money in the Bank winner of 2024. It could be LA Knight this time around. And I'll ask you this, and then we'll kind of move on to the next topic here because it's going to be, you know, referencing with belts. Do we see him go again for a big belt like a world heavyweight or Roman's big, beautiful belt? Or is it going to be something else to bring a new light to a certain division, let's say the United States division for the United States title?
1: Um, I will say as far as his world title opportunities, I think those are kind of on the back burner for right now. Um, I would love to see him, since he's on SmackDown, you have a new United States champion, Logan Paul. Perfect opportunity to put them together. They've already kind of had a meeting when they were doing the money in the bank stuff. LA Knights already dissed them pretty good. Logan Paul's fired back at him. So there's already some instilled history with them from this past year's money in the bank. So they could very easily get into a storyline together. And I would love to see LA Knight as United States champion.
0: Yeah. I I feel like if there's going to be any chance of LA Knight showing his capability as a champion that United States title might be the perfect one for him because right now, you know, there's been a lot of uh, a clusterfuck uh, of where this United States division is going. We now have it on Logan Paul. There's this tournament going around right now, of course uh, from this past Friday for an opportunity against Logan Paul for that United States title. Um, So, Having L.A. Knight maybe be that Money in the Bank 2024 winner could be that way to pull vote him back to the main roster competition and possibly redirect the United States championship to a very interesting and more well-deserving title because you and I are both wearing one of probably my favorite United States champions of all time, Eddie Guerrero, as well as there's so many other great ones. Cena comes to mind, of course, big show comes to mind whether or not that was a moment of history for the big show it was yeah. still a moment for sure and so so many other great ones came and went beyond beyond as well roddy piper back to nwa even i just watched that awesome pay-per-view with no bones so shout out to them but yeah you know i tell you now i feel and i've been saying this for a little bit you know i think the united states Championship, the belt, and the whole division for that is needing a new sense of direction. And maybe Logan Paul being the one to hold it for now gives it that perfect reset. So that way we can start figuring out who will be the next one to bring it back to the wrestling standards and bring wrestling back to a a brand-new prestige for the United States Championship division. So... Yeah, I think I think that's kind of a good way to to look at it for sure. But someone that's not been getting a lot of love, unfortunately, even though she's always on top, as she so proclaims, mommy, aka oh, yeah. Rhea Ripley. Uh, you know, she's been having this women's title over on Raw Mommy's home this whole nine yards, had this little great moment with Randy Orton and everything this past Monday as well. Um, but her defense. Offenses to retain this title have been, to some, mediocre. Natalia's had two opportunities. Of course, the first one being Queen Selena in the Puerto Rico match. Uh, of course, then we match. had the... Yeah, very good match. Uh, you know, all in all, it was a very interesting one as the yeah. one to pick. There was a lot of other great matches there. Of course, being one Bad Bunny and Damian Priest oh, going yeah. all out. Uh, for that. But Rhea, you know, on top of that, she had her match against um, Raquel Rodriguez. She's had one against Shayna. She's had one against Shayna, Raquel, uh, Zoe, and Nia Jax now. So where do we see Mommy really coming into her own again? Like we saw her run going up against Charlotte at this past uh, WrestleMania 39. Or do we think it's time For mommy to drop the belt and maybe do the same, like we're trying to do for the United States division, and give a nice
1: reset to it. Well, first of all, we mommy is always on top. If she ever happens, I need to be on record. If she ever sees anything I do that, like I'm all for her being the champion. Uh, Don't try to hurt me or send Dominic after me, please. But um, it was interesting about her defenses. I've looked them up recently. She's had about six or seven title defenses between premium live events and Monday night raw. And like you said, you named off pretty much all of them. You got Zoe star, Zelina Vega, Natalia, Raquel. Um, she defended against Shotzi a, a time, I think. So she's defended against a lot of people, but she hasn't really defended against any of your big names. Your, uh, I think she defended against Becky Lynch and Natalia in a triple threat once at like a house show. So like a lot of people don't really count those uh, a lot of times they're defending titles multiple times in a weekend that nobody sees but the crowd that's there.
0: Right.
1: But as far as um, some people are saying it's a bit lackluster, and I- I'm kind of agreeing a little bit, but it's not so much her fault. She's just so popular, and there's nobody really on her level that's on Raw. A lot mm. of the people that are on her level, they're all on SmackDown. You got mm. your Charlotte Flairs, You got your your Asuka, your Bianca, which shout out to Bianca Belair. That's my son's favorite wrestler, if you can believe that.
0: Uh, which I, I really that. enjoy
1: too. It's my son's favorite wrestler. It's funny, uh, but they got all these people who are former champions at the top. They're all on SmackDown. Bailey. I mean, all these all these awesome wrestlers over there. And then on Raw, not saying that these women aren't good wrestlers. They're good wrestlers, but they're just they don't have the name behind a uh, Charlotte Flair, Bianca, Bailey. All them over there, and so there's really not many people that are on the level of mommy right now.
0: Yeah. I would say they're very green almost over on raw using a wrestling term for that. You know, Raquel, maybe not so much Zoe for sure. Shayna, who's been an NXT women's champion. in the NXT women's division when she was there. Um, but again, to your point, Yeah. There aren't such great caliber of women with a huge name besides Becky on Monday Night Raw that could really give Rhea a run for her money, could yeah. really give us that Natalia match that we had the third or second time around with those the Natalia defenses, that one being on a Raw show. So there is that question you know, is it because of creative? Is it because just she's such a big name and with the judgment day and there's so much drama and so much writing and creative direction for the judgment day as a whole. That's maybe being overshadowed and Rhea's not getting that look. Is it just, we're trying to figure out a new direction for Rhea? Is there going to be a separation? There's so many questions clearly for what could be happening and why we're getting what we're getting for Rhea Ripley's defense titles currently. But I hope we get something soon. Maybe, Dropping it isn't a bad thing either. Giving some of these other ladies like Shayna, like Raquel, possibly even Zoe Stark's an opportunity. Even if they're a two to three month transitional champion, I feel would definitely heat up Raw's women's division. I mean, we haven't yeah. seen much of <clears throat> Candice LeRae, Indy Hartwell. Where have they been? They've been in segments. They've been in two matches, three matches, maybe tops. And that's really it, you know. So there's been a lot that we could be getting out of them. And then if you go over to SmackDown, we just saw Mia Yim recently come out of nowhere, finally. Like,
1: holy Very shit. Underutilized. Very yeah, underutilized. like,
0: why are yeah. we not giving her TV time? But again, you know, you got Kyrie Sane. You got Asuka. You got EO, You got all the damage control. Dakota, when she finally comes back. So there is a lot more, uh, excuse me, more women there that are prepared to run that belt to the top. So hopefully we see something soon and that, you know, I'll go with you as this uh, with this as well. And I, I'm trying to be safe, too, from mommy's wrath. But, you know, please don't attack us. All right. We're still big yeah. fans of you. I love you on top. You know what I mean? Like you might get me. Guy might get me a lot of a lot of noise over on TikTok later on, but nonetheless, I, I'm oh, still yeah. a big fan and and definitely want to keep uh, keep you happy. But yeah, again, we'll we'll see what happens with that. Hopefully, we get something worked out soon. Again, we are ending 2024, uh, uh, starting 2024 with the Rumble, so maybe that'll be the direction with who or whom might be showing up at next year's Royal Rumble. And let's kind of get into that before we we jump into AEW here. So, of course, 2024 is coming up. We're about three weeks away from January and about seven-ish weeks away from the Rumble itself. And, of course, we have the men's and the women's. So let us have a little fun on the show because we like to have fun on these shows and watch-alongs and stuff, which, you know, I know you've – Dropped in on a few watch-alongs and everything. I definitely so you know tried to... to. Yes, thank you, and I appreciate that very much. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, So let's do the women's, since we were just talking about the women's division. Alrighty. Who do we see being the final four in next year's Royal Rumble to possibly take a shot at either EO Sky or Rhea Ripley at next year's WrestleMania 40? Who do you got?
1: Well, as far as my women's final four, it comes with uh, one return from injury and one return from basically retirement, okay? So I got a returning Liv Morgan coming back at the Royal Rumble from injury. I think she's the winner, to be honest. I think she's going to win it. Her and Rhea already have the history. They'd be a perfect match at Mania, and maybe it could be Liv Morgan. Give her a chance to relive her first women's championship victory, but on the grandest stage of them all at WrestleMania, by other three, I'm going to include uh, Raquel Rodriguez. I think she's, she's going to be the powerhouse that's left. Mm-hmm. And then you have Bailey. I think she could have a surprise run. I'm hoping we get hugger Bailey back pretty soon because she looks mm-hmm. like she's on the outs of damage control and she looks like she needs a hug. She, I heard that she used to be a great hugger back in the day. And so Going on from my last one, I think it's a return that links back to the guy who returned to Survivor Series. Mm. I think we're getting Miss A.J. Lee back in the Rumble. I'm not saying she's winning, but she could very well return for a one-off and then find her way in that Final Four. Uh, But I do think Liv Morgan comes out on top. Sorry, Mommy.
0: Ooh, wow, 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 wow. That's a a hefty uh, list right there. I, I, I definitely would say Liv Morgan would be great. In that final four, maybe winning it all for sure could be the way that we're going to go. I know myself and 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 Leo from kicking it with Leo and Wolf have all had that conversation of it's you know, for me, does it make sense? Does it make sense for Liv to come back? She's the only one that's beaten Rhea clean. She's the only one that's put up a very good fight against Rhea Ripley. She was the only one that lasted the longest with Rhea in that last year's, this year's, I should say. Royal rumble before being the last one to be eliminated. So there's a lot of already written in the books of this is that next person, but due to injury, uh, unfortunately she's not been able to stay stable long enough to do a lot of these great comebacks. You know, she was with Raquel being the tag team champion, which then forced her to get, um, uh, put on the shelf due to injury again, which is why she's been out for so long. Hopefully we see the beautiful Liv Morgan back in action next year. Maybe even Alexa Bliss shows up for a one-off. I know she just had her beautiful baby with her husband and everything. So shout-outs to them. And hopefully they have a beautiful baby that's healthy and happy. Um, You know, Maybe we see her coming back like AJ, which would be really great to see her as well. But my final four, I would have to say, yes, Liv is in there. I'm also going to go Shayna. I'm going to go Zoe. I feel like those two have maybe a potential feud in the near future. They've already wrestled once against each other, which in my opinion was a pretty good match. Both of them are a little bit more of a powerhouse in the lightweight or maybe middleweight class of women's wrestling there. So it'll be nice to see them maybe do another one-off down the road or another feud even down the road. Um, But I do... Also see Bailey in that final four too. A weird one, maybe Michin, aka Mia yep. Yim, is that one that sticks around the longest and starts getting that comeback that we've been waiting for. And maybe she gets a big, big push going into next year because where has she been? Now, not really anywhere. OC hasn't really been doing much. AJ's been on the shelf, so. Hopefully we get something like that. But now let's go over to the men's and everything, because I think this is where we might agree on some of it. We might we might have to disagree. We might start to have to virtually fight with one another over here uh, on the podcast and whatnot. What's going on, Santos? Azral, thank you so much for coming on, guys. Uh, so who is your final four for the men's, and who do you think? We'll make it a little spicy here. Who do you think is winning – And what title do you believe they're going to be going for at WrestleMania 40?
1: Oh, man. Well, I think they're – you don't want to say anybody is a lock, but as far as two guys I think that are a lock to be in that final four, Cody Rhodes and CM Punk, they they both declared. Now, there could be a big-time swerve because we've seen it before. People come back, all this momentum, they get knocked out pretty quick. Uh, but I do think Cody Rhodes and CM Punk will be back there. I see Gunther being lasting very long, like he did last year. Uh, I believe he was the last one eliminated. If I'm not if I'm not mistaken, um, he was either the last one or next to last. It was um, no last one. Cody was the one that yeah, eliminated him. Yeah, Cody was the one who eliminated him. Yeah, so he, he was the last one in. Um History says the last person to be eliminated the pr- the prior year has a very good shot at winning. So. I see him being there, but I've also heard that there's a good chance that they keep the IC title on him for a lot longer because, let's be honest, it's the most prestigious it's been in a long time since the Miz held it. Uh, it was mm. kind of a – you had some good intercontinental champions. You had, you know, Shinsuke. Uh, I really enjoyed Ricochet as the champion. But it was just kind of floundering, not really going nowhere. He's really brought it back to promise uh, uh, prominence. Uh, my fourth guy, uh, it's more so just – my hopes for him is that it's L.A. night he's in there. I uh, don't see him winning it. Now, if CM Punk wasn't there, I could see L.A. night winning. Um, but I, I, I'm going to say, uh, I think only one or two other people have done this before. I'm going to have to pick Cody Rhodes right now. Okay. Um, Fair bet. Fair bet. But if he doesn't win it, maybe CM Punk. Because CM Punk coming back to WWE, other than it being one of his few options as far as, you know, the big promotions, he has to have somewhere in his contract saying, I'm winning the Rumble or I'm made of any, I'm doing something big. Like I'm not coming back for nothing pretty much. Right. Um, but as far as if Cody Rhodes wins, I think he goes after Roman Reigns and then if CM Punk wins, it's hard to say who he's going to go. With, Cause he can go either way. Him yeah. and Seth have a real life beef. Right. Um, and then him and Roman, I know back in the day, uh, him and Roman may have had some words too as well. So there's a lot that can be said about who's going to win. But if I just had to say, I'm going to say Cody Rhodes. I know it's a bland, generic answer, but I'd say Cody Rhodes.
0: I, I'm going to agree to Punk and Cody being definitely the final two of the final four for sure, as well as Gunther. I would say my last one, Gable, like Santos says, that's a good pick. Mm -hmm. LA Knight's a good pick. You could see something out of nowhere and maybe get like a ricochet or even a Shinsuke out of this uh, moment. Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre could also be in that contention, but I'm going to go with Santos's pick because it's kind of the one I'm more leaning on lately. But the person that I think is going to win the whole thing is Gunther. I think at this stage of the game, like you said, Guter has held this title, this icy title for so long and brought so much prestige to the title of the Intercontinental Belt that now there's really not much left for him to do but just continuously wear it since he's worked and been just an animal against anybody else. I mean, if you really want to throw a wrench into into the mix, you could have Brock come in and be the person to defeat Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship, allowing him to go after somebody like I'm choosing Roman Reigns. And I think Gunther would be the one to dethrone Roman at WrestleMania 40. I feel like he's the only one that has the same opposition's On his side of the ring. That could take out people like Solo. Like Jimmy. And distract them. So that way it's a cleaner fight. For Gunther and Roman. It's probably going to be one of the bigger people. Roman will ever have to actually face. Next to Brock Lesnar. Um, So I feel like that's. More of the direction. If it's Punk. The safest bet I feel is Seth. They are really making it that these two guys are going to go at it and going to go at, to war. And I wouldn't put them in any match until it's WrestleMania 40 Oh yeah, because it's the 40th WrestleMania. It's in Philly. This is just a monumental moment in WrestleMania history. So there's no better place to put this feud to rest but at WrestleMania 40. So I feel like those are your two, for myself at least, that I could see going in those directions for sure, because like I said, it, it just doesn't seem, Cody, and I want to hear this from you before we hop over to AEW, I feel like at this stage of the game, Cody Rhodes has had his chance to be champion. And, you know, he came back at 38, or 30 set no 38, uh red hot, <clears throat> won against Seth, beat him in Hell in a Cell, was just killing it at the Rumble, won the Rumble, did a great uh matches leading into the Rumble, uh into a uh WrestleMania 39, and then of course got screwed over by Solo to lose against Roman. Then when he comes back. It felt like he was going to do the hard times promo, his father's promo of the modern time, the hard times it's been for a man who gets, you know, thrown to the side because computers have taken his job, the famous Dusty promo that we all know. And it just didn't seem to be going in that direction. He was winning some, losing ones that didn't matter, winning more ones that didn't matter, and losing ones at the same time that did. So it was a very flip-floppy type of reign going into the end of 2024. Then he became the tag team t- champion, which I don't know what direction they were thinking for all of that, especially with yeah. Jey Uso, uh, having Jay leave and go to Raw understandable, but what does that really mean? And now him finishing the story. I don't think there is a story anymore for Cody. I feel like at this stage of the game now, Cody's done it all. I don't think he even needs this belt to really solidify his legacy in the WWE. I feel like with everything Cody has done and is going to do in his time in the WWE, this belt really isn't going to hold as much weight as it once could have if he won at 39. You know, the longer we wait with such a wishy-washy direction of story going back now with Cody being on raw and we had that trade where we thought, all right, well, if we're going to bring Cody into the mix again, he has to go to SmackDown, but it was Kevin instead. And just a fumble on that. So what are your thoughts on if Cody doesn't actually get to finish the story? Does this, Hurt Cody? Was it a bad signing of Cody Rhodes to WWE? Is Cody even need this belt anymore in your eyes? Like, how do you feel with what direction Cody's been going in this past year, especially after WrestleMania 39?
1: Well, he's gotta finish the story, right? I mean, he's just gonna come out and keep saying it. But um as far as finishing the story, it feels like it was it was a hopeful story, him coming Returning to WWE after all these years, him defeating Seth, and then unfortunately he had the peck injury. He came back, battled from that, run the World Rumble, and WrestleMania 39 night two was his moment, and they did not pull the trigger on it. Man. So that kind of tells you um, they love him as as far as merchandise. They love him for promos for meet and greets. They love him for all the young kids who look up to him. He is great for the kids. A lot of the kids love him. So I understand that as far as a business sense, it's been a great move for both of them. As far as in the ring uh, winning titles and stuff, not the best for Cody. It almost felt like when the, he won those tag titles with Jay, they were like, well, here's something, here's something for now pretty much uh, because it just kind of did come out of nowhere. And then the Judgment Day kind of just won them right back. Uh, you know, so it's like, what What was the purpose of that, really? But as far as him finishing the story, it comes down to what happens when, a, when the underdog finally wins. Is that the end of your story? Because what's after it? Because if your whole thing is just winning it, what comes after is going to fall flat.
0: Mm. I, I think that's a perfect way of putting it. I, I, I feel... I feel exactly that as well. You know, it's time, in my opinion, to move on. I think that his story is what he's just going to do in the WWE as a whole with whatever the length his contract is. And yes, will it be the moment we've been waiting for? And will millions and millions and millions of people pop and cry and we'll see all of our friends on TikTok being So happy they won? Yes. Does it make great business sense? Yes. I get all of that. But does it make sense logically? Because like you said, he wins. Great. What does that Monday Night Raw look like?
1: Yeah, exactly. How
0: long of a title reign is he going to have? Who on Raw is he going to have to face? Then it begs the question. Well, if he doesn't win the Rumble and it's Gunther and Gunther hasn't picked his opponent, Cody wins at Mania. Gunther could be the guy that shows up at Raw during that promo and tell him, you know, I haven't picked my opponent, but you're looking like it. So, you know, there's always that that's on the table. You have... Other winners like the money in the bank winner as well, Bill could be the guy that hasn't cashed in yet because we have to wait until the end, the the next money in the bank to fully cash in. I believe that's the rule. Um, so you know, Damian Priest is the one to come out and be like, Hey, Cody, I want that belt. Okay, does he now go to SmackDown? Does that mean that he gets traded again and he goes back to SmackDown? and he becomes a SmackDown yeah. star, okay, then we have Cody and Randy. But then, for what? What does this mean? What where, where, where does this go after Cody loses? What does he do next? What does his next run look like? Is he retiring with the belt? You know, those, I think, are more the questions I don't think many of us are really thinking of because we're yeah. so excited about the fact that Cody wins at Rumble – Cody wins at Mania, that's it. That's yeah, all we're, we're thinking about. Yeah. Right. And it's like, but what? What are we doing for that Monday Night Raw? Or what are we doing for the first Friday SmackDown after WrestleMania? Because technically, if Cody beats Roman, he's a SmackDown star. You can't have two belts on the same show that hold the same weight class. Because then the brand split that's not even really a brand split yeah, doesn't exist either, so you, you, you kind of just you're fumbling into walls here if that's the case. And then you know, Kevin stays on Smack, you know, the, the you know, again, I, as a fan, of course, I'm excited for the possibility of Roman being dethroned and Cody getting the win or whatever, but myself as that content creator, that logical thinker. I'm sorry to shit in everyone's Cheerios, but like, you know, this is, this is my thought going into it. What, what, a, what's next? What's, what's this length looking like? What is
1: the hell kind of a thing looking like? Kind of reminds me of, cause that's just how we are wrestling fans. We're kind of fickle. I mean, especially when that underdog babyface finally makes it to the top. We're like, okay, now what? I mean, like I said earlier with uh, Liv Morgan potentially winning the rumble, getting her another moment. When she won the title, everybody was like, Yay, then a week later they're like, now what? Right. Uh, Daniel Bryan, it happened to him. Um, they finally won it. They're like, okay, now what? Like it happens all the time. And it, it's just, I don't know if it's human nature or what, but when the babyface finally makes it to the top, it's always what next? Because at least when the heel wins, you know, you can you can still hate him forever but the but the baby face it's harder to get them to stay loving you than it is to stay uh, hating you
0: and and let me ask you this as well because this kind of ties into our our next set of topics for AEW we see with MJF how there's so many stories that are happening Mm -hmm. that maybe some fans who are becoming new fans of AEW's product Is a little bit overwhelming. You know, you got Samoa Joe, you got Adam Cole, you got Roderick, you got this GC1, the G1 classic, you you got six, seven, eight different stories happening for MJF's title. You then go and watch WWE and you see there's the Judgment Day, the Bloodline, there's Cody, there's Randy, there's now Punk, there's this, there's the women's division. There's somewhat of a a congealed WWE storylines that are becoming intertwined as well, but you could say the difference between the promotions is that with WWE, they have their lines a little bit more straighter than where AEW is trying to do. So the question to you is, does it make it easier to hate or not like what direction the baby face to go into next after he wins, if there's no already preset story for him or her to fall into? After
1: the big match. Yeah, I would say it's a lot easier to kind of flip on them once. Cause like with Cody Rhodes, his whole thing is finish the story, finish the story. He's not saying I'm going to be the best champion ever or anything like that. He's just saying, I just got to be the champion. Like that's like the top of the mountain for him is being the champion, not necessarily being multi-time or being the best ever. He's just, his whole story is I just got to win the damn thing. You know, mm-hmm. and so uh, over on AEW with MJF and them, that is where, like you said, a good e- WWE has a lot more straight lines in their story. They cross over some, but most of their lines are pretty straight. AEW, and before I say anything, AEW is the reason I got back into wrestling a couple of years ago. Let's go. I, okay, so I, uh, I people have said that like I'm a WWE mark. I mean, we're all marks if we come down to it. I'm a huge mark. I'm a huge. mark I, I, don't I care. grew up on WWF and WWE. Yeah. AEW wasn't around when I was a kid, so obviously yeah. there is that interior, there's that internal bias towards WWE. But I try to look past it. I like a lot of what AEW does. They have some of the best wrestlers in the world. Uh, not the best wrestler in the world. Uh, That'd be CM Punk, right? Uh, Mm, I'm joking. Take it easy. Take it easy. Take it easy. Okay, but they got one of the best in MJF. They got a lot of other amazing wrestlers, and they do have some good storylines. People kind of knock their storylines, and look, their storylines have been blurred lines, uh, as Robin Thicke would have said back in the day. It's been blurred lines over there a lot Mm, of times, mm. but they've started to straighten their lines up a little bit. Um, it just comes down to MJF is one of the biggest pro wrestling stars in the world. Why does, I mean, why would you not have him involved in as much as you can? Right. And so you have the, the devil story, you have him with the ring of honor tag team titles. You got the Samoa Joe stuff. You have Wardlow saying that he's going to come after him. I don't even know if MJF's even acknowledged that yet, but, uh, so there's a lot of stuff going on that's centering around MJF. Uh, With AEW, Uh, obviously, there's a big storyline with his contracts coming up, right? Uh, Which I secretly think he's already re-signed with AEW, and they're just using that as a story. But um, that's it. The big thing is, so they're making it seem like everything's all about MJF. And it should be. He's their biggest dude there. Why not? You push him to the moon, and then you just hope for the best. But there's a lot of other stuff going on, uh, AEW, that's really good. And so I'm looking forward to watching a little more. I don't watch it as much as I can. I watch it I watch it as much as I can. Sometimes I, I miss some things. But overall, I'm an AEW fan as well as WWE, just all pro wrestling.
0: I love pro wrestling, too. That's a perfect way of putting it. But let's get right into AEW. Um, we have the G1 Classic. Like I said, we got the gold team. We got the blue team, and on my board that nobody can see, but there's a board, I promise you, of both gold team and blue team. Of course, for the gold team, we have Moxley, we have Swerve, we have Roosh, we have Mark Briscoe, Jay Lethal, and Jay White. And then on the blue team, we have Brian Danielson, Andrade, Brody King, Claudio, Daniel Garcia, and Eddie Kingston. Now, as of recently, both uh, Roosh and Eddie Kingston – and uh, Danielson have all picked up some extra points on the board, making it 24-24 to 24 for both of these teams. But the question remains, that is, is this something we want to see again come 2024? They've already pretty much stated it was going to happen again, this G1 Classic. Maybe is it time to do it for other teams besides the singles men's division? Maybe the women's, maybe tag teams, maybe the TBS, maybe even the um, international championship. Is that something we want to see, the expansion? And is it something that you want to see as well happen again in 2024?
1: Uh, I do think it's something they're planning on doing again. And it's something I wouldn't mind seeing. It's definitely added that different element. Um, I'm not super familiar with a lot of what happens in New Japan. I try to hit the highlights of it see what's going on. But ever, it's similar to the G1, right, the Continental Classic. And so it comes down to the two different leagues uh, right now. you got Swerve and Mox leading up the Gold League, which I swerve when I drive. Don't tell the cops that. But that's who I have. Winning hey, yeah. the gold league, and then we got the blue league over there. I would love to see my dog Andrade win it, but I do think this tournament was made for Brian Danielson to give him one last hoorah before he hangs up the boots. Uh, I think Brian Danielson comes out on top over there, but I would love to see it again. Uh, it's added another element, it's added kind of on to how AEW started doing their rankings with the singles rankings and all that, which has kind of fell to the side a little bit. And so this kind of brings back up the internal competition between all these great wrestlers. And so maybe we will see a women's, whether it be for the TBS championship or maybe even the AEW women's championship.
0: I like that. I like that. I I enjoy it too. You know, as a newer fan of New Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, knowing that this is that little baby that AEW is trying to copy and do for their uh, promotion itself, I think it's very smart. I think now this is the perfect time to do these things around Forbidden Door and Wrestle Dream because you are already are bringing on those New Japan superstars, and those two platforms, those two pay-per-views, as well as All In, is a perfect way to kind of already assemble a very interesting finals or semifinals Uh, of these G1 classics for both the men and the women's division but I too agree I think that this is a perfect way to get these guys more looks I mean Mark Briscoe's had probably a lot more matches than he's had currently with this besides that little Jeff Jarrett segment with him uh, this uh, beginning of this year or somewhere in the middle of this year Um, but besides all of that I do want them to expand, and I'm going to take this from No Bones about wrestling. Uh, Asa, my guy, he was saying that uh, you know it'd be cool to see them do it for the tag team division, the trios, and the regular tag. It'd be nice to see them do it for the women's division. I'm also going to say it'd be nice to have that New Japan or even Ring of Honor type of uh, divisions interlocked with AEW's main roster people as well. You know, we have women like Billy Starks and Athena going at each other next Friday at Final Battle. Imagine Athena or even Billy Starks as Ring of Honor Women's Champion, which I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying for. Uh, but her facing people like Julia Hard and Sky Blue, Chris Statlander, Britt Baker would be very interesting to see. It would be nice new type of competition for her to elevate her game and get her even bigger and better of a superstar, so when it's time for her to come over to AEW, she's knocking down the doors, full drop kicks away, so I agree, I think this is a perfect way to introduce a lot of your underdiscovered talent, some talent that's been not booked so heavily on the shows, or had matches that weren't really showcasing their ability, like Jay Lethal, you know, he's been hanging out with Satnam Singh, and Jeff Jarrett, and everybody, but that gimmick match with the Texas chainsaw yeah. game <clears throat> and a couple of the other ones weren't Jay Lethal. Like Jay yeah. Lethal from TNA was amazing. You know, Ring of Honor, Jay Lethal. Amazing. This Jay Lethal is good. You know, I wish he would got maybe a win. But <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. It You're is what it is. Board, but
0: yeah, yeah it be it would have been nice. It would have been nice. But Let's go into the women's division now, like we talked about with the WWE, with Rhea Ripley. Uh, Britt Baker, as of recently, posted on Twitter about a week or two ago, stating, look, MJF got X amount of minutes. Uh, Christian Cage got X amount of minutes. Britt Baker, 2023, has gotten none. And this begs the question, is Britt Baker just upset that she hasn't been... Called for anything, or do you think that creatively the women's division, kind of like how the women's division in WWE has been going in such a not so managed but maybe a <clears throat> mismanaged direction for a lot of these ladies? That maybe adding a talent like Britt Baker into the mix just wouldn't really make sense of it all, and having her showcase to maybe win. Or lose, or put someone else over. Maybe it wasn't in Tony Khan's cards for 2023.
1: Yeah, with uh, I was surprised to see that when he came out and said that she's basically had like no promo time or nothing uh, this year, really. Um, especially for somebody who really carried the women's division for a long time in AEW. And so it may be just a part of. It may be possible that Tony Khan or creative or whoever feels that. Maybe there's some Britt Baker fatigue with the fans. they seen her, used to see her all the time, and now they're, like, not seeing her. So maybe they're just trying to give a cool off with her. Maybe there's just nothing really in creative, no stories. Or there's nobody that they feel that she's going to work perfectly with. They're just maybe waiting on the right opportunity. But at the same time, they're really trying to get a lot of these other, um, not necessarily undiscovered women, but a lot of the people that your average fan may not know of sky blue is somebody who's been popular, but she's really kind of blowing up lately. Julia Hart has come out of nowhere. It felt like, and she's really ascended uh, to the top of that TBS uh, rankings right there. She's the new TBS champion. Chris Statland or somebody who was injured for a while. She came back So there's a lot of good stuff. There's a lot of great wrestlers in the women's division. It just feels like sometimes maybe they abandon storylines too quick or they rush them or they just don't quite mesh it all together the best way possible. Mm. Um, one thing I can say, um, they're, they're trying. Okay. You, you can tell they're trying, at least trying. Um, sometimes you just got to throw stuff at the wall and hope it sticks. Yeah. Um, that TB uh, for the TBS championship, Julia Hart and Abaddon. Um, that's an interesting little thing that could happen there. Uh, Abaddon is somebody that I feel has, Kind of a cult following, to be honest. Like, you don't really hear about them a whole lot, but they've kind of come back on the scene some, and I've noticed a lot of people clamoring for them in comments and stuff. So that's really cool that they're at least getting a shot at the TBS championship, hopefully soon. I'm not sure if the match has been made official, but I know that they've they've met in the ring. And so there's a lot of cool stuff happening in the women's division. You just got to pay attention to it. The average person is going to say that, oh, you know, they don't book them well and blah, blah, blah. You just got to kind of watch it and pay attention to it. They're not the best at, at, in the world at booking the women, but they're trying. It looks like they're getting a little bit better. Um, Tony Khan and them, they do listen to the fans. I remember kind of over the summer, they said uh, it was something about there was like two minutes of women's wrestling like on the whole show. And like the next week, they were in the main event of the show. And so it just kind of comes down to If we want to see more women in AEW, more storylines, more matches, we got to show up and watch it. And the people who go to the show, you got to stop going to the bathroom when they're wrestling.
0: That's a very, very good point. Absolutely. I I 100% agree with that because, myself included, I'm a fan of women's wrestling. Sometimes a lot of these women can put on some amazing matches Mm -hmm. better than the men. And with that being said, it does showcase the – Effort that Tony has been doing with trying to book a lot more of the undiscoverable or the undiscovered uh, talent that he does have on his roster in AEW, yeah, yeah. like people like Julia Hart and Sky Blue, Chris Statlander, Willow Nightingale, uh, Maria Shafir, Emmy, uh, Emmy Sakura, uh, Ruby Soho was just in action as well recently. So there's a lot more coming, hopefully, of this women's division. Going into 2024, hell, we had two women's matches at full gear on the main card. And now that is a <clears throat> huge statement because for somebody who watches these and does these watch-alongs, normally you'd see one on the main, and then you'd see one on zero hour, and that would be it. Two on the main card is very impressive. That shows yeah. growth. That shows listening to your fans. That shows redirection, and it's exciting to see, and it makes a lot of others want to watch as well, and both matches were good. They were good. Mm-hmm. Julia Hart's match was good, and the other one as well was good as well. So it it's not that it's lacking it's just that management and creative direction is lacking which unfortunately is being lacked and brought into the women's division itself which feels like that's taking the brunt of it which in many cases it is it is taking the brunt of it and it sucks because you could see some amazingly talented women getting in there and getting out doing amazing things Chris Statlander had an amazing run as TBS champion. Hopefully Julia Hart can do just as that. And not, if not more, it'd be very exciting to see Abaddon versus Julia Hart, the two like goth girls of your lunch cafeteria going at each other. Very exciting to see. So I'm very excited to see all of that. But speaking of all of the mystery and pizzazz and everything that's been happening, you brought it up. I've brought it up. AEW fans are bringing up, hell, AW is bringing it up, the devil. Now, no one's on the level of the devil, including MJF, okay? He is the only one that's on the level of the devil because he is the guy himself. But as of recently, MJF is being attacked and yeah. tracked down and targeted by the devil. And there's been so many rumors, so many speculations. We thought it was Punk. People are saying that it's Adam Cole and maybe Roderick Strong. Maybe we're getting Mustafa Ali into the mix. Maybe even Adolf Ziggler. So many questions and so little time. Because now we're coming to the last pay-per-view of AEW, which is World's End. And pretty much is where we're going to see the unveiling of the devil. And there's also this new rumor that I don't know if you heard or I think maybe you've made some content about it, but it's Britt Baker. And she is the one leading charge as the devil to make Adam Cole make one of the hardest decisions of his life, which is leaving his brand new best friend, Maxwell Jacob Friedman, his Ring of Honor tag team partner, for his girl or leave his girl behind for a friendship that could die or be turned around against him if Max chooses to do so. Because we know, like I know, he is one of the dirtiest people in the game. He's not Ric Flair, but he's close to it with backstabbing and manipulation. He's the salt of the earth. But as of lately, he has been the crowd's baby face. We've seen amazing yeah. promos from him and Adam Cole, the beautiful run into the tag team competition. The kangaroo kick is the biggest thing that's been coming over. So there's so much going on, but do you believe that it could be Britt Baker out of all people that could be the devil? And maybe that's another reason why she said what she said on her Twitter feed about no time for
1: Britt Baker? See, that that raises a very good question, and it really does tie in to what she said recently with her tweet about no time, and MJF is getting all this time. Notice how she name-dropped MJF. Uh, so that is a very, very good theory with Britt Baker of uh, possibly being behind the devil mask. I mean, there's a lot of people, like you said, a lot of people are kind of leaning towards that, adam cole baby being the devil but if if i had to pick it it probably would i would probably say adam cole um just because of he wants that AEW world championship so badly and he it's kind of one of those things where if you've seen talladega knights uh he's tired of being second yeah he wants the taste of the gold so he's willing to do whatever it takes even if he has to don his best friend's mask and take out everybody close to him, and eventually take him out and win that title, but a lot of people and I thought of it too, but I, I just don't see them doing it. What if it's MJF himself pulling it over on everybody? Because we've never seen that. We've never seen them in the same room. He, I mean, he says to himself, "Nobody's on the level of the devil." Every time you see. The masked person, they are – it looks like it's pre-recorded or something, Uh, other than the one time when you first saw them and seen them walk up. But you've never seen them in the same room. You didn't see MJF get attacked. You just saw the aftermath of it. So it could be MJF. I'm leaning towards Adam Cole. The Britt Baker thing is really, really good, though. That could be great drama right there as far as picking between the best friend or the wife. and there's also the possibility it could be a uh, Roderick strong because he's got this obsession with Adam. And so Adam. he wants to destroy ah. Yes, he wants to destroy MJF. Uh, I also heard the other names like Mustafa Ali could be it, which is, could be a reason why they're delaying it a little bit because maybe he has a non-compete just like uh, Dolph Ziggler does. Most likely I've heard Sammy Callahan in the conversation. Ooh, that's a um, good one. Uh, as far as, I wasn't super familiar with his work. I went back and looked at it. Great worker. Uh, Some of his past stuff has to do uh, with the technical stuff behind the scenes. They Mm -hmm. talked about, uh, they did the commentary uh, saying that only somebody who knows how to work, you know, in guerrilla and things like that could possibly take over this. So it's kind of a nod that could go in that direction. But at the end of the day, um, nobody is on the level of Adam Cole, baby. I think it's him. I think he's the devil. Mm.
0: I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'll say this. If it's MJF, it's weak. I'll be honest. I'm a huge a little, MJF a mark. I'm a huge MJF mark. They know it. I'll dress up as them. Yeah. I came in for one of the big I would have news. never guessed
1: it. I would have never guessed it.
0: Oh, no, yeah, no. It's not changed. like I'm wearing the damn uh, scarf right now uh, or the yeah. MJF fucking action figure on my right. Yeah. Uh, you never, never want to guessed that. Uh, but no, like, I, I, I think it would be very lack of creative if it is him, because there's so many other angles that we could go for here, especially Warlow being somebody that somebody has noticed. I know No Bones also noticed this as well. And I noticed, too, after the uh, the Devil's segment, Warlow was right after, and his hair was all pushed up and everything, like he was just under a mask. So... There's a possibility that it could just be all of MJF's opponents banding together to knock out all the other competition or all the help he could get in order to take what's theirs, which is the M- M- F- the Triple B itself. But we got a couple weeks, two weeks roughly as of today, until, of course, Collision. At, I'm sorry, it's World's End. I keep saying well, – oh, because it's on a Saturday. That's why I keep thinking of yeah. Collision. Uh, but a couple of weeks until World's End, you know, your boy's going to be there, dressed up in the MJF gear to the T, waiting to, you know, hopefully get picked on by the king himself, nonetheless. But before we go, I wanna, I just wanted to say thank you for having you on, man. Thank you for coming on, it. and and hopefully this uh, first time on a podcast was fun and exciting, and you had a good time. I just effort. want you to hang back uh, after the show ends and everything like that, just to kind of. Briefly talk so I can get you back to your kid and everything pretty quick. Yes, um. Yes. But before we go, I know you're a video gamer. I know we talked a little bit about it before and stuff like that. You said you were playing the WWE games and stuff like that. Now, have you played the other ones in the past, the SmackDown versus Raws and oh, going yeah. all the oh, way yeah. back? Yeah. Or
1: oh yeah, I've I've played all the way back to when there was uh WWF in your house. Back, uh, which I mean, the all time best one. Most people agree, is No, no mercy was mm. it's just like the top tier. Uh but those uh SmackDown versus Raw, Here Comes the Pain, uh Layeth the SmackDown, all those, um, those are those, that's my childhood as far as gaming, as far as wrestling games go. Those, that's my okay. childhood. And well, so then, I, go ahead, yeah, go ahead. I really wish we could, I really wish they could find that essence in the newer games. I like the new 2K games. It's really cool, but it feels like it's missing just missing that spark that those old games had.
0: Absolutely. I totally agree with that. So before I let you go, before we let the drum roll hit, give me your top five wrestling games of all time that you've played, whether it's from in your house all the way to 2K23, 2K22. What is that top five looking like?
1: All uh, right. So number, uh, number one is definitely No Mercy. Okay. Um, The next four are not necessarily in order, but they're in there. Uh, Let's see. Here Comes the Pain was really good. SmackDown versus Raw, I think it's 2007, maybe. Maybe 2007. Uh, WWE 2K, is it 6? Maybe it's no, okay. 16. I think it's the one with CM Punk on it. Okay. I
0: think
1: that's 16. That one was really good. That's probably the best 2K one. And number five, uh, or the last one, Oh, that's kind of tough off the top of my head. I keep thinking back to these Nintendo 64 games. That's there was like I, like a,
0: I played on 64, so... There was
1: like a bajillion of them. Um, kind of going back to what was basically... It was basically like No Mercy, but a little different. WrestleMania 2000 for Ooh, Nintendo 64 was really one. good. Uh, it's that's very good similar one. to No Mercy, but No Mercy just had a way better story and, and customization.
0: Okay, I like that. I like that top five, man. Absolutely. But... Thank you so much, Roman. Yeah. I appreciate it. You're the only tribal chief that I'll put the nut one well, the ones up yeah, for. We'll you, put All right, up. Put them up. absolutely, we'll put that up for you tonight. Yeah. And uh, thank you so much for coming on. Of course, thank you to everybody for watching uh, us here on the last week of wrestling podcast. Go and follow Wrestling with Roman on TikTok. An amazing person, an amazing content creator. Appreciate I'm a that. Big yeah. fan of his stuff. Absolutely, man. No, it's all genuine. It's yeah, all yeah. serious. Um, a big fan of his takes. I love his little funny things that he does over there uh, as well with his content. So definitely go check out my boy Roman. We're definitely going to be getting to get him on again soon, hopefully in 2024, but he might blow up after this, you know, he might blow uh, up after this video You never. Know. and he might you become very famous. So he might forget about I, us it, little people. over if, here. Uh,
1: if I ever do blow up, I'll, I'll remember where I came from, man. I'll, I'll definitely stop back by.
0: Awesome. Awesome. I love to hear that, man. Thank you so much. But, Thank you to everybody, of course, in the chat, everybody watching at home, everybody watching later on. But, of course, you can find this on YouTube.com slash Last Week in Wrestling Podcast or on Spotify, Apple Pod, or all your podcast streaming services over at Last Week in Wrestling Podcast. Make sure you hit that subscribe and follow button as we get closer and closer to 10,000 subscribers right here on YouTube. Crazy, crazy numbers Uh, we are doing. He is almost at 10K himself over on TikTok. So let's try to get him the 10 K as well. Close. Yeah, man. 9,000 and
1: some, man. I'm, I'm proud of you. I really am. Big, uh, I big was, numbers over there. I was happy when I hit 900 followers. So, I mean, 9, yeah, I was happy if nuts. I hit five. <laughs> yeah. I, I was happy when I hit
0: five. I was like, all right, cool. Someone, someone likes me. Uh, you know, so it was, uh, it was definitely cool, but definitely we'll see you again. Thank you to everybody tomorrow. Yeah. We have Isaiah Moore, AEW's dark and dark elevation wrestler coming on as well as in the indies as well he's going to be popping on talking about his career his travels his journeys and a whole bunch of other awesome awesome things it'll be our first wrestler that we've interviewed here we did one with the gcw referee and a whole bunch of other great people so if you haven't already make sure you go ahead and blow up all those videos i got a great scott steiner story over here on youtube as well from referee clark so thank you clark i appreciate you he'll be coming back on hopefully next year as well but let's get out of here of course we will see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Eastern for uh, Isaiah Moore, 7 p.m. Central over there on Roman's time. Yep. So that way you guys over there can hang out with us. And we shall see everybody tomorrow for Isaiah Moore interview. Thank you, Roman. I'll see you in a moment.
1: All right, Peace. Peace. <laughs> hope so